podcasters. On today's episode of Business of Glam, we have a glam takeover happening. So Heather Akamoto with Denver Style Magazine sits down and interviews me, the queen of all things glam. We hope that you grab a glass of bubbles and enjoy. I am honored to be interviewing you and having the chance to chat. We've had a number of conversations about how you started, but I think this is a really good chance to give your listeners an insight about you and um, talk a little bit more. So can you tell us a little bit about how you started Glamour Bar and when you started and why you started Glamour Bar? Of course. And thank you, Heather, for coming and doing this interview. So Heather from Denver Style, you've probably seen her interview on our podcast before. So I'm honored to have you come and interview me. So thank you. Um, So Glamour Bar has been open for a little over three years now. Um, Kind of started the concept. It was very quick. It was very fast. And I had like a fairy godmother and the universe was like throwing everything my way. So I was like, I can't say no. (laughs) So I had been in plastic surgery for seven years prior to that and had learned so much about running and owning a small business. So I'm very thankful for the surgeon that I worked for, kind of just being so open and letting me have access to so much. Um, Without it, I don't think I would be able to get out there and start my own company. But I got that seven-year itch and decided, I want to do something on my own. And I want to like do something more entrepreneurial, if if I could talk entrepreneurial. Um, And so I started looking into franchising like a dry bar or a blow and kind of started to go down that. And me and my girlfriends were like having fun going and like, to other cities. Like we went on a New York city trip and like hit them all up and everybody kind of gave evaluations of like which chain they liked the best. Um, and then kind of the concept for glamour bar came out of one night I had gotten out of work late and needed a spray tan, my nails done and my hair done and was driving all across town to try to get them all done and try to like beg my spray tanning place to stay open long enough for me to come and get a spray. Um, and so I was like, wow, it would be so great to have like premium services all under one roof to where you like can just go and have a one-stop shop. So I talked to blow is who I was kind of going down the, the road with in franchising. And I had a couple girlfriends that were interested in like going into it together. And so originally I was looking at like more of partnerships and investors and having like several people kind of involved in it. Um, and then went rogue (laughs) as I do in most of my journeys. And I kind of was looking over everything with my dad and he was like, why would you pay somebody, you know, franchise fees, when you could do this yourself and like, there's nothing that you really, you can come up with all of this different concept. And I was like, it would be great to be able to offer a lot of different things and be able to have Botox or whatever. And like get back into that plastic surgery realm. If that like ever came available or an opportunity. So, um, I kind of just went rogue. I had an investor that gave me a business loan, like literally like all of the stars aligned. Cause I had thought about it for a long time. And I sat on it and I was like, do I really, I have a great life. I'm making good money. I get to travel with my girlfriends all the time. I'm like, have all of this like spare time. I'm off at five o'clock. I like have the weekends off. Do I really want to like end my life and start a business? And then like all of the stars aligned and I was like, I have to do it. There was no reason not to. There was no reason not to. And then everything just happened super fast. So, um, like my four year anniversary came up on LinkedIn and that was when I started the concept of Glamour Bar. So I think I had like, so I think I maybe had like just a couple months before, like I had started the business. So it was like, I started the LLC and I was still working contract for the surgeon and kind of training and being able to like kind of leave him in like a better shape. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I was working for him, started the LLC and like opened the like six months, eight months later. 
That's really quick. And that was three years ago now. And we look back on Denver three years ago, and that seems almost like eons ago. Denver was a completely different city even three years ago. What has changed in your business from when you started to where you're at now? Um, so a lot. <laughs> um, one of the biggest things we just started doing blowouts. And so that was the only thing that we did um, when we first opened. And there's actually another salon. We're kind of sandwiched between two other salons um, in the downtown area. And so I kind of made a promise. I was like, oh, I'm not really interested in doing other hair. Like the whole salon's white. So it's a nightmare, trust me, with adding (laughs) in color. Um, And then as we kind of were doing blowouts, then staff wanted to kind of move over full time to Glamour Bar and be there because obviously it's so amazing. And so um, I was like, why am I going to like let them take this money outside of my business to do cuts and color? So we kind of like started to dabble in it. And I was like, if you have clients you want to bring over, then you can. And then I realized I had to like rip the bandaid and decide whether to make it a part of my business or not make it a part of my business. Um, Nails also, like I didn't really want to do nails. And my landlord had asked me at the time if I would add in nail services. So I like bought one pedicure unit and one nail table and was like, that's it. I'm not doing any more nails. And nails ended up being like the most popular thing right off the bat. So I had to kind of renovate, kind of figure out ways to be able to do more pedicures and to do like more manicures into that like small space. (laughs) And one of the things that I think is really unique to Glamour Bar is it is a space where you can come in with your girlfriends. It's not a um, typical salon space where you are just going and getting your hair done and walking in and out. It is a space where you kind of want to hang out with your girlfriends. You want to plan a bachelorette party or a girlfriend's kind of weekend. Um, It's kind of the first place that a lot of girls go to when they are thinking about planning these things. Is that something that evolved as part of your business too? I think that, well, one, we didn't put a front desk in. I thought about it and then I decided to make it more of a bar and make it feel a little bit more like a bar atmosphere Um, because I did, we have a liquor license and so I obviously invested in that. So I always wanted it to be kind of more of like a destination that you came to and you were able to sit and hang out. And I think that really speaks to like, now I'm starting to see it. Like we're finding that like right clientele and it takes time y'all like not everybody is for you. And so it took some time to finally find that client that wants to sit there, wants to hang out because me and my staff are almost more like you wouldn't be able to tell who's a client or a girlfriend. Like it's so much more of like, let's sit and hang out and like dish on boys or fashion or what's going on in Denver, whatever's going, what's happening on real housewives. So we're like all sitting around hanging out and it's, Like now I get to see that so much more now that we've had these clients for so many years and we've built these relationships with them that like when I sit around and I'm like chit chatting, it's like fun. It's not working. It's like hanging out with girlfriends while they're drinking wine and I'm working, but it's so much fun. And don't you think part of it has been kind of educating clients to not expect such a sterile space when they're walking into, um, into a salon, like they can kind of let go I think we've all walked into salons and we kind of go in with this expectation of I'm going to go and get my service and I'm going to leave. Um, And so part of it is that education of, no, you can come in here and let go. What kinds of things have you incorporated to um, create that atmosphere? So a couple things. I do think salons are kind of intimidating to walk into. Usually people are really beautiful that work there or they're more edgy. And so that can be really intimidating to walk into a space. And so I really wanted to create a space that wasn't that way and that it felt more like you're going to your girlfriend's house and it's like super stylish (laughs) girlfriend's house. Yeah. You're very stylish girlfriend's house um, where it feels like you can, it's glamorous and you're in like a fun, glamorous environment. And, but yet it's like comfortable and friendly. And so I think really like my look that I was going for was like industrial glam. So there's like some rough edges to it. And then there's like 
really pretty things or like crystal chandeliers next to like the open exposed ceilings of like piping and everything. So um, I wanted to really make a space that was both friendly and kind of feeling like you're somewhere like posh and glam. The best part of going out is getting ready, right? It really is. <laughs> I was laughing the other day with a girlfriend because I was like, we literally take longer to get ready we and have out. more fun getting ready, listening to music. Because Glamour Bar typically is our get ready space too, <laughs> yes. because we're like leaving right after work. And so instead of going home, I'll just bring clothes and use like our hair stuff, our makeup, our everything. And so it's really our space to get ready to like go out on the town. And I'm like, this is really like more fun. And we spend more time doing this than we do actually being out at an event. (laughs) 100%. I love going and getting ready at Glamour Bar. It's super fun. Um, As an entrepreneur, how have you grown not only as a student, but as a leader? Ooh, the leadership is tough, I think. It it takes time to, I think, find your leadership style. And so, and I never wanted to be one of, like, a business owner or entrepreneur that was like, I know everything and not involve my staff into that. So I think something that worked for me was really, like, listening to my staff, asking them questions, having them invest and buy into whatever idea was happening, um, whether it's like price increase or cancellation policy, all of those different things. I'm constantly asking them like, what's worked for you in the past? Or what would you feel most comfortable with? You know the clients, you have a relationship with them. Um, so I've really worked to kind of buy in my staff and let them kind of have a interest in making decisions. Obviously it's my final decision. Um, and so I'll kind of edit from there. Um, but I think over time, I'm a different business owner than I was at the very beginning. So you have to just allow yourself some time to like figure out what works for you. And it's so different when it's your own business. Like I've run other people's businesses. I've had to fire, hire, do all of those things. And it just seems so much more personal when it's you and it's your baby. Um, and so it's kind of growing that thick skin. And I think in the very beginning, I was just so thankful for everybody that worked for me. Not that I'm not today, but I didn't really see the value I brought to the table. Mm. And now over time, (laughs) um, I feel like, I see the value that I bring to the table. And so we have a different relationship. How have you grown as a student, Um, as an entrepreneurial student? I think that like, I didn't feel like I had the time or could take the time to meditate or reflect or go to a coaching or even just like get out of my own space and be able to be the best version of myself. And so I think stepping away and realizing I have a great team in place and part of being a great leader is to take care of yourself first, right? So it's like put your oxygen mask on first and then take care of everybody else. And I think in the beginning, it was just such this like hardcore, I have to succeed. I'm not- I have to say yes to everything. Say yes to everything. I can't say no. Run around like a crazy person Mm -hmm. at all hours and not that I don't still do that. But I think it's helped me as a leader to not feel like burnt out and feel energized and excited about what I'm doing by taking time to sit down and listen to podcasts or to meditate or to go have drinks with a girlfriend or find other passion projects where in the first two years, I know for sure, I didn't feel like I could step away, walk away. If I was away for 10 minutes, it was panic. Mm-hmm. And that was, do you think all of that was self-inflicted? Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Brooke Jean, for like fixing me. And I still have, like, I have to fight that feeling a lot of times of like feeling guilty about not being there or is everything being taken care of. And sometimes it's not exactly how 
you would do it or handle it, but it's also okay the way that it's been done. And it leads to a leadership opportunity to be able to educate your staff and say, okay, great. The way you handled it was fine. However, if you were going to be me and you were going to say this, this is how I would have maybe handled the situation. So for next time, this is how you should handle it. We know that every great athlete, um, they have coaches, they have people, they have mentors, they have people that they look up to or help them kind of achieve what they need to. And it's the same with entrepreneurial leaders as well. And you've um, enlisted the help of a coach and have um, reached out for mentorship over the last year. Um, And that's been a really big eye-opening experience for you. Can you talk a little bit more about how you found a coach the right, the one that was right for you and kind of what you've learned through that experience. Yeah, I think, so I've enlisted two coaches and I've realized I have a type in my coaches. (laughs) They're both blonde. Okay. They're both from San Diego. (laughs) (laughs) They both have a similar personality. So I have, um, a trainer that I've been working with as well as a life and business coach. Um, and so enlisting, I think it was kind of finding the right personality fit for me. I had met her through a networking group and I just knew like I had to find the means to have her in my life. Same with the trainer. I was like, I just have to, it is expensive and it is hard to like find that or think about that value. But it brought so much to the table for me that it was so worth every dollar I spent on it and continue to spend on it. I think finding somebody, one, when you're an entrepreneur, it can feel very lonely Lonely. (laughs) and you're kind of out there on your own. You have nobody holding you really accountable. And so it gets tough to be able to continue to like have a positive attitude and to be able to work through different hurdles that are thrown at you, which we all know are constant Mm -hmm. that there's a different hurdle every single day and what's going to get you worked up and what's not going to get you worked up. Um, and I think working with a life and business coach, it really dove deeper into like, you know, we went back to childhood and like why I feel like I have to do all of these things and why I feel a certain way when something said to me or how I can get through and get past those issues or things that have happened in the past, because we all are a product of things that have happened to us, situations that have happened to us, whether we realize it or not, I think there's always like some little voice in there. So you do self-inflict like this pain or guilt on yourself that's not there. Right. Or that other people are seeing. Right. And some people do see it. That's the other thing that I think was shocking whenever I started my own business. How many people just think that they can just like tell you the flat out truth (laughs) and like really come for you? And it's like, okay, well, thank you for your opinion. And I understand where you're coming from, but it's like so easy for other people to judge and to be able to, they're not putting themselves out there, right? That's basically what you're doing is putting yourself out there. You're putting yourself out there on social media. You're putting your heart, soul, financial dollars out there for everybody to critique and judge. And so it is about like growing that thick skin to be able to handle that, how you're going to handle it internally. And I think finding like a coach that worked well with me, I adore her because I think she's so Zen and positive, but will kick your ass when it's time to kick your ass and get harsh with you. And for me, that was something that works well for me. That's how I kind of balance and she was like that perfect fit for me. So just kind of getting to know her and most coaches and counselors will give you like a 30 minute, um, like consultation session. And I think just going with your gut and being able to say like, this is the right fit. And I think second thing that has changed a lot for me recently is working with a personal trainer and getting kind of like strong, physically, which has also helped mentally too. And I think you kind of learn, there's like a lot of different things that like you work through the pain and you like push yourself to new limits and you feel stronger and you feel better. And not that I really want to get up at 6am or 5am and work until 8pm, but 
it has made such like a huge difference, I think, like mentally and physically for me. It's one of those things while you're working out of you can easily quit, but you can also push past it. And when you start doing that, you can see yourself pushing past other things that um, aren't as big of a deal or you see them not as big of a deal Mm -hmm. anymore. Um, That it's not nothing is permanent. It's all temporary. The pain is temporary. The uncomfortableness is temporary. So if I can make it through this uncomfortable, temporary pain, um, I can make it through other things as well. And especially if you start your day off like that, you're going to feel by like 7 a.m. like you're ready to take on the world. Oh, man. On the days that I work out, I'm like... I've Let's done, do it. I've done like everything by 10 a.m. I'm like, what? It's only 10? I've done everything that I need to do for the day. So it does allow a lot more time in your day. And we all know that they say like a successful entrepreneur is up at like what, 4 or 4.30 or something like that, which... Are you starting to buy into it? I don't know. I think that like the 5 a.m. window, four days a week is like perfect. Somebody needs to tell my cat that we don't wake up at 5 a.m. every single day because I get woken up every day to like start up. start our day and get fed. Um, but I think that it does like allow you a lot more hours in your day. Yeah. And with working out, it does kind of energize you. So you do feel like you can conquer all sorts of things and you can just really tackle tasks and be done with them and cross them off your to-do list. It's really kind of incredible how it affects so many aspects and areas of your life because you don't want to eat as much junk late at night because you think, I don't want to wake up feeling like crap because I need to work out. So you stop making all of these you know, poor decisions in your life and your decisions start getting better and everything just starts getting a little bit easier. Yeah. Is that a, is that a good way to put that? After drinking the other night, I ate carrots. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, where's my pizza rolls? <laughs> but I had worked my ass off in the gym that day and I was not going to put some junky food from my freezer in my body. So yeah. I was like, I'm going to have some carrot sticks because I'm hungry. And I had wine with my girlfriends. <laughs> it totally affects all of, all of the decisions you make. Um, Lindsay, what are some lessons that you cannot learn from a book or from a mentor or um, from a podcast? I think it's just kind of, I think the biggest thing is getting through your day and being able to like go through those hurdles and just to you know, my queen is Oprah. And mm-hmm. so one of the things that she always says, Winfrey 2020, <laughs> love her. Um, I am obsessed with the super soul conversation, um, podcast. And so one thing that I like literally her mantra has become my mantra is she always says at the beginning of her podcast, the greatest gift she thinks you can give yourself is time. And I think that that is one of the things that entrepreneurs can't learn from somebody else and you can hear it from somebody else, but until you get through moving through the stages of your business and learning who you are as a leader, you're like, wow, all I needed was time. And all of a sudden, like I do have the right clientele and I have all of these amazing clients coming in and it just makes your day so much easier when you have that right fit and you kind of learn like you're no bullshit. I'm, you know, when you have to let go of an employee or when something isn't working and that that's okay. And I think that all comes so much with time and you hear it all the time, right? But you don't really believe it. So your mentor or anybody might tell you that, but you're like, oh, whatever. I'm in this hustle and bustle. I have to like, all of these hurdles keep coming up. And so I think allowing yourself time and to, like your hurdles just become easier as your like years go by. Do you, do you think that they become easier or that you just learn to let go of some things? Probably both. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to go both. Um, I think that you do decide like this isn't the end of the world. Right. Where in the very beginning of starting your business, you're like, oh my gosh, this is the end. Every single decision feels like the end. The end. You're like, this is, I'm never going to survive this. This is, this is going to be terrible. Um, My business is going to crumble. And so I think that you do one, learn how to let go of things and know like, yes, this is annoying and it's stressful, 
but I can get through it and it's going to be fine at the end of the day. Because when you get through so many of those hurdles, you're like, oh, I've done this before. It's fine. I know how to problem solve. And it's just, I think you have to get used to, like if you're a first time entrepreneur, you've had a boss still over the top of you, no matter what you were managing or doing, you still had somebody that was holding you accountable, giving you direction, telling you the direction that they wanted to go into. And you're figuring that all out for yourself. Yeah. And so you can't just know it all Mm -hmm. on the first day of work. And so you're kind of learning, like, I think for me, it was learning what my position is in the company and what my role is and what I like to do and the things that I don't like to do and try to find people to help accent or take over things that maybe aren't the best thing for me. And it also was vice versa. I've also learned that I've been hiring people for things that I could do myself and that that just needs to be part of my position and job. Mm -hmm. And so I think sometimes you have to stop and like, we write out job agreements for all of these other people that you almost have to stop and do that for yourself yourself. and say, these are the things I'm going to be in charge of. These are the responsibilities that I'm going to take on. And I think sometimes it feels, well, why would I do that? Because I'm the owner. And so of course, all of these things, I have to do it, but taking it out of like the emotional part of the brain and putting it into like just these are my action items makes it so much easier to say, this is my agreement with myself and these are the things I'm going to do. And if something comes up along the way, of course I'm going to handle it, but I can see it in black and white. And so therefore I can move forward. That agreement with yourself is a really important thing. um, when you work for yourself, because you are the only one that will take time for yourself. You are the only one that will give yourself time that will set that foundation up for yourself. What are some of the habits that you've created in your foundation that you always go back to when you're feeling a little stressed or when you're feeling overwhelmed? One, I think that it's a comical thing. I often read my original business plan. Mm, (laughs) So that's really interesting. I like to go back and kind of like every year, at least minimum, if not sooner than that, um, I'll go back and try to kind of reevaluate. And I think that you're so like, hopeful and you're so not that you're not anymore but like you're a little bit more jaded now you've like had a few years under your belt um and to kind of see like the growth you thought you'd have and like just kind of remind yourself of your goals and where you started from um and one thing that I learned from my life coach Brooke Jean she really had me focus on gratitude and starting a gratitude journal. So whenever I get and it, I don't do it constantly. So it's something that I've just recently gotten back into, um, because I noticed myself not being able to celebrate the little things and be able to find myself being thankful for things. Instead, I think it's easy as an entrepreneur to be like, why am I not here? I want to be here. I've put in all this hard work. I'm working my ass off and like things aren't happening as quickly as I would like them to. Yeah. And I think going back to just something simple, such as what am I grateful for every single day and being able to celebrate those little wins that you have help change that mindset from being in your like downward spiral of why am I not there? Why is this person getting there? What is this opportunity? Why don't I have that opportunity? Or if I had this, then I would be where I really want to be. And I think just being able to celebrate like your little wins, what you're grateful for every single day really helps hone you back in. So that's something that I really like hold true if I find myself going off the rails and doing that comparison game. Cause we all know comparison is the thief of our joy. Oh man, that's a downward spiral in itself, but it's so easy to do, especially when you're watching other businesses grow or, you get into the social media world and you're Mm -hmm. like, Oh, look at all this amazing stuff that they're doing. And you just have to check yourself and know that you're doing amazing things too. Yeah. It's very easily, um, to go from, I'm going to go online to find inspiration to I'm going to go online. And now I am judging myself against all of these other people and things and, um, businesses that are doing really incredible things instead of finding that inspiration and saying, Mm -hmm. wow, that is an amazing idea. 
that they have going on or that is something great that they um, are doing. Let me find out ways that I can incorporate this in my business. Yeah. Uh, it's Lindsay, real easy to go it's dark. So easy. <laughs> so easy to go down that dark hole. Lindsay, we know you're an amazing entrepreneur and major boss babe, but we also know that you're a girl just like us and we want to know what you watch to unwind. Oh, bravo. <laughs> Anything. Andy Cohen. Andy Cohen, call me. Jeez. <laughs> what do I have to do to get my own show? <laughs> um, below Deck. Below Deck. Real Vanderpump. Housewives. Vanderpump Rules. Um, Name it. <laughs> those are all like shows that I... It's just like that easy mind suck that like you can... Also, like, get inspired, too. Yeah, like, absolutely. I mean, Lisa Vanderpump is, like, such a boss babe. And so <laughs> I'm like, wow, she's so incredible. <laughs> and I go down that dark hole. And Vanderpump Rules, I'm like, look at these people capitalizing on their reality show. If I just had a reality show, think of how rich I could be. And so you can definitely draw some inspiration from these things, too. Um, but those are kind of, like, some of my favorite anything bravo is like my favorite and what do you watch or listen to or see or go and do to get inspired um I think everything that I do there's some kind of inspiration and so that was kind of one of the reasons too that I'm holding myself accountable in 2019 to actually get out and like go to events. I just was actually talking to Heather the other day and I was like, will you be my buddy? And like, let's go to more events together because to like actually do like be there and like, yeah, do fun. fun things and network. We'll call it networking. And then our OCD brains can like get behind it. Um, but I think that I've been trying to do a lot more like go back to the beginning. So in the very beginning, I was like reaching out and hustling and doing all of the stuff and reaching out to, you know, Denver style magazine or different magazines here locally. I was reaching out to influencers and bloggers and really trying to like get them in the door. And I kind of let that go in the last like year or so. So I'm trying to get back to like really connecting and like finding those power players that you can kind of connect with and be inspired by and be able to bounce ideas off of. Um, And so I think that's really amazing. So I've been trying to network a little bit more. Um, And I think that draws inspiration or just saying, hey, can I like, can we go have a glass of wine and just talk to people about what they have going on and what's working well for them in their business and try to find ways to incorporate those things into my business or it sparks some new idea for me that maybe has nothing to do with what they're doing. Um, and then I think otherwise I love to like travel and go to other cities, which I haven't been doing a lot of because you do get into the mindset of like, I shouldn't be spending the money. I shouldn't be doing this and that, but we did go on like a little girl's trip to Arizona. And so I want to start trying to do like a little bit more. We went to the Broadmoor Mm -hmm. and like just being in those magical places and being somewhere else outside of your environment. Yeah lets you be inspired for other things. All right, Lindsay, I want to ask you some questions for people that are looking at getting into the beauty industry, whether they are still in high school or they are out of high school and kind of figuring out what to do next with their life. Um, Can you give them a little bit of insight as to uh, what salon owners or glamour bar owners are looking for from new employees? I think the biggest thing is that people always worry about not having enough skill set. And I think really what salon owners or any business owners looking for is reliability, loyalty, um, commitment, responsibility of showing up on time and really being committed and having a hard work ethic. And those things can't be taught where skill sets in hairdressing or anything in that matter can be taught to them. Um, so I think that people sometimes get caught up in the fact of like, oh, I, I'm new or I, I don't know how am I going to get to where I need to be. Um, and I think that you don't have to know it all. So I think sometimes in this industry, everybody feels like I can't ask for help. I'm out here on my own. I I know everything. I and really like 
it's an artistry, so nothing's wrong. And to collaborate with your other team members or owners that are out there, I mean, don't ask me. I mean, I know enough to be dangerous, but I can kind of help. Um, But I think like being able to collaborate and be able to have a team is like so important and you're going to learn something from that. And so I think sometimes, especially new, if you're fresh out of school or thinking about getting into this industry, it can seem really intimidating and you can oftentimes feel like you can't ask for help or that you can't collaborate with people, but that's like what makes it even better. Um, and I think to hold yourself as a professional and to know that it's a business at the end of the day. I think sometimes because it is more artistry, because you're forming relationships with either a business owner or your clients or whatever it is, know that at the end of the day, it is a business and you need to treat it in a professional way and to get those skill sets of responsibility, loyalty, and accountability under wraps and the skill set will come from there. And to be passionate about it. If you're just doing it because you think that this is all you can do in life, I think that you're not going to ever be that great at it. And so I think with anything, you just need to really find if you're passionate, if you really love to do hair, if you really love to do makeup and find your niche. Like I went to cosmetology school and I cried every single freaking week, (laughs) but I didn't want to be a beauty school dropout. And so I continued to go and I thought to myself, wow, like I really love this industry and I love the people that are in this industry. I don't have a desire to be behind a chair and do somebody's hair. However, I would love to have a salon one day. And I can remember like having that thought process being in school. And there's a number of different ways of getting into the industry. Just like you said, you don't have to just be behind the chair. There's um, PR and marketing avenues. There's ownership avenues. Um, There's so many different ways of getting into the industry. And you talked a lot about collaboration and everybody knows that once you're in this industry, relationships really do matter the most. They matter the most with your clients, the work that you are going to get, the way that people continue to talk about you or, um, refer you to other people. It really is such a relationship business. What does reliability really mean for someone in the beauty industry? I think it's showing up, not just for your clients or the business owner, not just showing up to work, like really showing up and have your client's best interest at heart and be passionate about what you're doing. And I think oftentimes, like one of our, my biggest challenges with staff is educating your client. And I think that so many people feel like they're selling things to them, but really people aren't, they don't know what they're doing. And like, yes, we can YouTube and we can read an article, but like they should be coming to you to be their reliable expert source for any questions that they have. And I think that relationship really needs to have some work in this industry between clients and their stylist. And that they should be asking you about their shampoo and conditioner that they're using or any concerns that they have, any products that they're using, and that you need to be like their expert. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You wouldn't go to your stylist to ask them about a plumbing question. No. (laughs) And I think sometimes so often, like we just get caught up of like, oh, I'm not going to ask it. It's stupid. Or from the stylist side, they're like, I don't want to push sales on them or tell them things, but I'm like, you're really doing a disservice to everybody involved because that client is going home questioning and wondering, is there something more I can do for my hair? Or I'm not in love with my hair right now. Right. The texture of it, the way that it falls, all of these things when it could be a simple product change. It just needs to be more of an open conversation. And I think stylists get so caught up in, oh, it's sales. It's sales, sales, sales. And I'm like, it's really educating and like giving your client the knowledge. Yeah. And I think so with reliability, going back to that, I think it's just really showing up, not just to clock in and out. Like this is a totally different industry that you have to really, you do have to form a relationship with your clientele, whether you're doing hair or lashes or whatever it might be, you are their expert. And so if you're showing up half ass and with a bunch of baggage, 
you're not really like doing anybody a service. You're not doing the business owner a service. You're not doing yourself a service. You're not doing your client any service. What sets employees apart from each other? What makes a great employee? I think those people that do show up for their clients and for business owners and really want to that have that passion and like no matter how shitty of a day they're having or whatever's happening, it helps them to help others. And it's a service industry in every single aspect. So you have to perform that service. And so no matter what's going on in your personal life, I think showing up for your people and oftentimes that's what helps get people through their day or maybe something that is bad happening at home or whatever it is. Like I try to make it, let Glamour Bar be your escape from whatever's going on. So just check it at the door, escape from it, and be able to give your clients like the best VIP experience that they are there for because you don't know what they're going through, which we all don't know what the other person's going through. Or, you know, we hide so much from like real big struggles that are going on in our lives. And I think the beauty industry is something that like, what's the first thing you do when you go through a breakup, you want to change your hair or (laughs) you want to buy a lipstick or you want to feel pretty. Cut it off. Yes. So I think that sometimes the beauty industry gets this whole vein mentality. And I'm like, if you look good, you feel good. And then that is putting your best foot forward. So whatever it is, we all want to look good. It's not vain. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that's, um, I've always said that too. We all have to get dressed in the morning. So why not put on something that you're going to enjoy, have a closet that you feel proud of to open, um, have a beauty routine that you feel comfortable with, have places that you can go to that you feel comfortable, comfortable with. Um, and it's the same thing with Glamour Bar. I think that you guys have all these services to allow people to live their best um, Colorado life, look their best, feel their best, live their best. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the best way for employees that are transitioning between salons? What's, what's that common courtesy once you um, decide that you're ready to move on? I think that there is a lack of, and maybe it's just me, I get really emotionally involved and I think that there's a certain level of friendship that I have with every single one of my staff members, but I also hear it from other salon owners and other people out there that there is a lack of professionalism in that realm. And so if you do give a two-week notice, you may or may not be there. It depends on the type of relationship. Are you moving out of state? Sure, you can stay for two weeks, but I'm not going to give you two weeks to have the opportunity to take your clientele with you. Um, I think it's just having that mutual respect between the owner and your clients and your other staff members. I mean, I know when staff members have left, it's really like been an emotional toll on their coworkers and not, it's been hard and having to rally the troops because they've like ended relationships and nobody wants to talk anymore. And I think just because like for me, the way I look at it is my business is not right for everyone, whether that is a client or if it's an employee, And that if you want to go out and you want to better yourself in some other way or there's a better fit for you, I don't want you working for me. I want you to go and have that. And I think sometimes stylists that I've had that have left take it so emotionally and they like want to rip ties and they want to make it something nasty or like bloody or whatever. And I'm like, it doesn't have to be that way because Mm -hmm. honestly, I don't want you here and working for me right if I'm not the right fit and I understand if their clients want to go with them because I understand that that's a relationship that they have built right but I also think on the shoe on the other foot is that they sometimes don't understand that those clients aren't going to follow them and so when they're reaching out to them and then they're calling me like what the heck? Why is so-and-so not here anymore? I'm of course not going to go to them. I'm going to stay like have the mutual respect and be able to look at the whole factor of like, is this really my client or is this really the salon's client? Because I think there is a difference and I think that everybody's smart enough to know at the end of the day. Yeah. That's a very fair very fair way to put it. Um, Lindsay, I have always looked up to you and admired the way that you have 
surrounded yourself with really great entrepreneurs and people um, that you have as mentors or as just people in your life. How do you how do you put those people in your place and um, how careful are you about the relationships that you keep in your life? I do think you have to protect your energy of anything that you put yourself into. So you have to surround yourself with like-minded people and people that are, um, that build you up and don't feel like they're sucking all of the life out of you whenever you're with them. Um, I remember when I very first opened, I got asked to be part of this mastermind and I was like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but okay, sure. I was in the yes phase of like, I will say yes to everything. And so I remember us sitting around the table and I mean, literally Glamour Bar had been maybe open for like three months, six months. It was baby. And um, they were like, oh, okay, Lindsay. So who are your power players? And I was like, uh, you guys? (laughs) I was like, I don't know anybody. (laughs) And so, and I also think like, especially having like a storefront, I thought like, oh my gosh, every single person I know is going to ditch their hairdresser. They're going to walk in. They're going to walk in. I'm going to be bombarded by all of these people um, that I'm friends with or that I know. And that didn't happen, which is fine. But I was like, wow, I don't know. And so I think that that was like a smart question that made me start thinking in the very beginning of like, wow, I need power players and I need to like find people to align myself with that understand me and understand my business and that I understand them and I understand their business and we can cross promote, cross sell, just be each other's support and be a support system for each other. Um, So... I've, I feel very lucky for all of the amazing entrepreneurs that I've been able to have a relationship with and like be connected with and be able to call for support. I feel like it's one of those things like in any type of relationship, like trust your gut and whenever you hit it off with people to try to like go down that path with them. And I think you kind of figure out pretty quickly if you really see eye to eye, if you're really like what type of power player they're going to be in your life. Um, and so I, I feel just lucky and honored to like be able to have so many amazing people and entrepreneurs that are inspiring to me and like keep me grounded and keep me feeling like, wow. And grounding, I mean like, reevaluating like where I'm coming from and like that I am succeeding and that I am moving forward. And so I just feel lucky to be able. And again, I think it took time. I I was going to say one of the things that you mentioned is you did put yourself out there. It was work. You did uh, reach out to these people and really sit down and evaluate that you didn't just wait for all of these things to come to you. And I think as a business owner, sometimes there is that sense of loneliness, but it's self-imposed loneliness Mm -hmm. because we um, keep ourselves behind a desk. We keep ourselves behind our computers or our phone screens or whatever. And it really does take that work to uh, show up to networking groups and not just show up, but be engaged and walk up to people and introduce yourself um, and take it beyond that to start relationships. I think it's so true. And it's so hard to do and you can easily talk yourself out of it and say, I don't have time. I don't have time for all of this. Um, And you do have time Mm -hmm. and you should find time for those things because that's what's going to keep you successful and mentally healthy. And I think that like literally giving yourself time, like I know that it like I feel like in our third year I'm like wow like the people I was just thinking the other day like the people that I have relationships with are so awe inspiring to me and I'm like so lucky and thankful and I think that it's hard because we all fear rejection yes I don't think anybody likes to be rejected or told no and I like straight up stalked some people. <laughs> well, and when I you're, was like, be my friend. Right. I don't care if you want to or not. We are going to be friends and you're going to like it. <laughs> Lindsay will text me and say, we need to be friends with this person. <laughs> but I, it, it is that. I mean, you really, when you're in school, you're kind of put in classes with people. You have these opportunities where you 
have relationships that kind of naturally occur. And once you get out of these situations, you have to seek out friendships. You have to seek out relationships um, in your life, in any type of situation, um, whether you're like, you know what, I really don't have someone that I can go to the movies with and maybe I need to find a movie friend. Right? Yeah, I it's very interesting. And I think friendships change whenever you start Absolutely. your own business and you have a lot less time for people and family and friendships. And it's not that you don't want or need that. It's just that it's so hard to prioritize, especially in the first few years of mm-hmm starting a small business it is tough you're just like consumed with the thing i always think about like a new mother right right but we like give these new mothers like all this leeway sorry moms out there i'm like we're like they just had a baby it's okay but we'll be friends later and it's all right or i'm gonna take a bottle of wine to her house and like business owners need that too because literally you're like trapped yeah Absolutely. And you feel trapped. You feel trapped. And then you're like, shit, I'm a shitty friend. So I can't reach out and be like, hey, do you want to go to a movie with me? Because they're like, I haven't heard from you in three right. months. Who but- this? Yeah. <laughs> Who this? New phone. Exactly. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like uh, hey guys, sorry yeah. I haven't been around, but I'd really like to go and do something. Yeah, absolutely. There is that kind of period. For new business owners, how, how do you set that time for yourself? How do you um, stop saying and stop take take that whole I don't have time out of your vocabulary and start giving yourself the gift of time. I think it took Brooke Jean and um, Oprah like two years <laughs> to, <laughs> to get, get me through. to get there. Um, I think I always felt guilt either being at work and not being with loved ones and making time for family, friends, boyfriend, whatever. And then I felt guilty the second that I was outside and like you should with be, those people. I right. was like, I should be at work. I should be building this. I should to be, be somewhere else. Yes. So I had this huge like lack of I remember whenever I first started with Brooke Jean, I was like, I just feel like I need balance. Mm-hmm. She's like, What does that mean to you? I was like, I just want to stop feeling guilty no matter where I am. And I still feel that a lot of times. And I just have to check myself and be able to say, like, everything's okay. Yeah. We're nobody's dying. Everything's okay. Um, and so I, I think it does take a lot of, it took me especially a long time. Um, Do you write down your schedule or plan the next day, the day before? How do you go about making sure that you get in a workout or you get in meditation time? Um, so I have coach that literally has me four times a week. So I kind of build my schedule around these things. That becomes your priority first. It does. And it's still like a work in progress because essentially I would adore, I would love to have like Mondays are my personal day and Tuesday is my work from Glamour Bar day. And I'm like there all day long. So I think that it is always a work in progress and you have to give yourself some grace in figuring out that process and what works well for you. And also at the same time, you are a small business owner and an entrepreneur. So not everything's going to go according to plan. And so you have to be able to say, okay, great. That was my plan for today, but shit went crazy. Like yesterday, I feel like I woke up and I was like, oh, my whole day just exploded on me. And I had this whole different plan so I could go and meet a girlfriend at six o'clock that was in town for dinner. And I was like, okay, well, I didn't get much done in my Mm -hmm. life. But I think that you do learn to like prioritize or let things go. And so I'm like, okay, these are the things that I actually really have to get done today. And if the other things don't get done, then it's fine. They'll wait until tomorrow. What are the top three apps on your phone that you use? Oh, Instagram. For sure. Canva. <laughs> yes. Um, and I would say, I don't know, is your podcast an app? Yeah. I guess so. I'd say those three things are like the biggest things that I'm on. Oh, and my email. Yeah. Yep. I took four. Do you wake, do you wake up with an alarm every day? Yes. What time do you have it set to you? Um, it depends on the day. So when you open my alarms, there are like a lot of alarms. <laughs> Um, so on days that I'm not working out, I try to wake up at seven. Um, and then days that I am working out, it's usually around five that I'll get up. Do you eat breakfast every day? Um, I do. 
However, it's usually later. I'm not like a big morning eat person. And I was actually, we were laughing about it today because Ashley's like, why do you hate oatmeal so much? And I was like, I ate oatmeal so much as a kid that I think it's not that I hate oatmeal. I'm just so done with it because my mom before school, I even as a child, I didn't want to eat breakfast. Mm -hmm. She'd be like, you have to eat something, at least have some oatmeal. So I've never really been a morning eat. I'm a little rough in the mornings. <laughs> I like to ease into my day a little bit more. I blame my mom for afternoon kindergarten. You know how you chose like your time frame, and she's like, yes. Lindsay likes to sleep in. She'll go afternoon. So I went to afternoon kindergarten, and so I feel like <laughs> I feel like that's always been my life. Like I'm a better late night person than I am an early morning person, even though I'm trying to change that. That's work. It is. It is work. It is work, but when you're waking up at 5 a.m., I can't stay up till 1. That is true. Lindsay, what are you working on right now personally? Like just me on myself? I'll let let you you (laughs) interpret that any way you want to. Um, I think that one, I like my whole goal for 2019 is to one, and it's funny because my staff calls them outside of work friends. Yes. <laughs> and so they're like, have fun with your outside of work friend. Um, and so I am trying to carve out more time for me and myself and to try to cultivate those relationships and friendship and networking and building um, just more. Like I do feel always like so much better once I've spent, not that I don't with my staff or with clients or whatever, but when I get out and I go and have like a dinner and I, it reminds me of like my old life. Yeah. And so it makes me feel inspired and Human excited connection. about what I'm doing. Um, and I think that I'm always like dreaming up new business ideas. So I've been working a lot on the podcast. I've taken over marketing for Glamour Bar. So that's been like a whole new learning curve for me. And I'm it's a struggle some days. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Somebody teach me. I feel like the 90 year old grandma that's like, what's this Instagram? How do I do this? Tell me what I'm doing. But you can always learn. (laughs) Exactly. So it's been like a nice, like learning curve and something new to kind of add in. Um, and I've been nesting a little bit more and trying to, like really create a great space for myself and like really surround myself with like things I love and things that make me happy and to um, like really make that a priority and give myself grace whenever I've fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) We do need to give ourselves a lot more grace than we are giving ourselves. Yes. So I'm like, it's okay. And like literally there's so many, I always feel like, oh my gosh, I didn't do anything today. Mm-hmm. And Brooke Jean used to always tell me, I guarantee that you do a lot more in your days that you don't think you did anything than most people do in a really productive day. So I'm like, I do need to give myself some grace and there's a lot of hats that I have to wear. And it's always a work in progress. I'm like, there are things that are like real locked down and solid and there are things that I'm just like... A, shit show on so I think giving myself grace is what I'm working for on myself um and then I like have this new crazy harebrained idea that I really want to start doing some consulting for other small business owners and like really help them figure out not just small business owners but their managers and really like help bridge that gap because I think that there's a lot of um disconnect and it kind of sparked from a girl in my networking group asking me to and and let me preface this like her grandfather is like incredible and like has started all sorts of major companies and she asked little old me to come and like talk about having a storefront and to help them brainstorm because they're a newer business and we sat down and we had like a little bottle of bubbles and like brainstormed and I felt like so inspired and like recharged for myself and like things that I was giving advice on or things that I should be doing for myself. (laughs) Those who can't do teach. Um, And so I'm like, wow, that would, that was really amazing. And that was really fun. And I think that could be something like just a little side hustle to like keep me motivated and excited. When do you feel your most authentic self? I think whenever I'm around 
people that get me, which is a lot of different, like different ways in different environments. Mm -hmm. But I think whenever people understand and like get what I'm trying to do, it makes me feel like, oh, wow, they get me. (laughs) I'm not crazy. (laughs) I'm actually like, this is okay. So I think that like just surrounding yourself with people that like inspire you and understand you and want to support you is so huge. Who should be coming into Glamour Bar? Everyone. (laughs) (laughs) I think our perfect clientele is... Somebody that wants to have, like, like I said earlier, like a glamorous environment, which is like more of a friendship too. Um, And I think that obviously develops over time. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I, I mean, I think everybody could get something out of it. And I think one of the things is because we do offer so many different services that you can dabble and feel maybe you don't love getting your hair done there but you love coming in for spray tans like don't feel like you have to give us up if you love something somewhere else more yeah I think my greatest clientele are the clients that get us and love us and want to be a part of what we're building I think what's so great about Glamour Bar is that you guys have created Um, these friendships and these relationships, not only in person, but through your media streams, through this podcast, um, through beauties and through beauty and bubbles, people can really tune in and become girlfriends with you guys before kind of making that commitment and kind of know who you are before they come in. So when they come in, you know, they feel comfortable. They feel like they're part of the family. And I think that's something that's completely different than any other service um, here in Denver that you have been able to create. And so what's next for Glamour Bar? (laughs) Um, There's lots of high hopes for Glamour Bar for sure. Um, So we do Beauty and Bubbles every Tuesday night which was a huge undertaking and we took it on three years ago and we were like, actually, maybe we should just do this once a month because we have to book guests and we have to like send all the stuff and drink every week, drink every (laughs) Tuesday night, which is a lot harder now that I have to wake (laughs) up so early. Um, so we actually moved up the time to 7 PM. Uh, so that, that has been like such a fun way to like get out in front of our audience and be able to create a connection and bring other local entrepreneurs on too and really like get to showcase them and their business. So it's not just all about us. Um, and so that's been a really fun way to connect. And I think that I would love to find other ways to do that as well. Um, we've talked about beauty and bubbles, the podcast and doing something more glamor bar related, beauty related in a podcast form. Um, and so we've recorded one, it's out there, it's out there somewhere. Um, and so I feel like I'm always trying to really like connect and like build a bond. And I do think it is easier when you know a face and you know a space before you walk into it. It is like a hundred percent. Um, I know it is for me. So I'm like, you get this anxiety of like, oh my God, what, what am I walking into? Where am I going to go? How do the doors open? Whatever it is. Um, And so obviously we want to expand at some point in time and grow and franchise is like ultimate long-term goal for Glamour Bar is that there can be a Glamour Bar near you and that there can be a Glamour Bar in every city, state, country. I love it. Glamour Bar for your girlfriends. Glamour Bar for your girlfriends. So I love this. That is like ultimate goal and... I don't know. I think just always like trying to stay innovative in the beauty industry is like such a fun um, like challenge for us all is to like stay ahead of our game and bring great service and great customer service. Well, it's always going to be an industry of human touch. You know, there's Mm -hmm. even with all of the technology or different things that are coming out, you're still going to want to go to a professional. You're still going to want to have your hair done by a person. Um, not a machine where you're going to want that human touch. You're going to want to have that human experience. And so it is a relationship business. It is um, really cultivating places where you feel comfortable with people that you feel comfortable with. 
And so I love going to Glamour Bar. I hope that other people enjoy um, having their first experience and many experiences at Glamour Bar. Thank you for me too. sitting and chatting with me, Lindsay. <laughs> Thank this was you. Awesome. Thank this you was so much. Great. I love it. Anything else you want to tell your listeners about Glamour Bar? You? Oh. You know, I think you did an amazing interview. <laughs> Thank you. Oprah would be so proud. Okay. <laughs> and I so love and adore and am inspired by Heather with oh, Denver Style Magazine and so thankful for her taking the time to come and interview me. But if you listeners want to know more, send us a DM on our socials or reach out and we can always do this again. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I loved learning. I we have really deep conversations. Um, we always have uh, really interesting questions that we pose to each other and we're not afraid to ask each other, you know, really open questions. So I appreciate your openness uh, with me and for sharing this with all your listeners too. Thank you, Lindsay. Thank you. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Well, I want to give a giant thank you to Heather Akimoto with Denver Style Magazine for taking the time to come and interview me, the queen of all things glam, for the business of glam so you can get a little bit more knowledge about me and what I'm bringing to the table. If you have questions, additionally, feel free to reach out on all of our social sites. You know where to find us. Instagram, Facebook, businessofglam.com. And we hope that you turn in next week. Until then, stay glam.